Welcome to the Kazabru Show! Yeah. Ooh, that was a that was a, a, a dark and sexy. Yeah. Yeah, I've been listening. I've been listening to a lot of. I'm getting my my Spotify channels and getting them all tightened up, you know. And so I got one that's like all like Isaac Hayes and Barry White, you know, kind of songs. So there it is. Man, there it is. they don't make music like they used to. Cause the overt. I want to have sex with you through the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's not something they do anymore. <laughs> God, I kind of now you know now that you got the the brain turning here. Like, wh- what if they did that in today's day and, and age? They should. I mean, they should make it. The thing about it though is like those guys probably wouldn't make it today because you know it was all about their voices and like their like ability to write songs and like now they would walk into like and they'd be like, you don't look right, <laughs> get out. <laughs> There, somebody would be outraged, though. That was what I was getting at. Somebody would be outraged. Oh, the sex it outraged. Welcome to the show, folks. Yeah, we're we're just chilling here. We did it. We did a good production meeting. I have had yet to have any coffee today, so we'll see how this goes. Shout out to Glenn over at Hawaiian Isles. You'll be having just a regular. It is just a regular. The sunrise blend. Okay, not the vanilla uh, macadamia. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, I'm out of that, and and I and I, I need to I need to hit Glenn up. Is what I need to do. I, I hate asking yeah. for things. I'm not that asker person. My wife, she would just ask, She'd be like, "Hey, Glenn, we're out of coffee. Can you just send it over?" <laughs> yeah, and, put, put, me, put I like you on the phone. Yeah, exactly. I, I I like to beat around the bush a little when it comes to that I stuff. Think- Act like she's like interrupting you, and you had no idea she was gonna jump on the phone and ask for the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm good. I'm getting a little dangerously low, but uh, it's kind of hard to complain when you get like free coffee for almost a year. Like, I mean, we've been drinking this stuff, and uh, yeah, it was just. I mean, one day a box showed up, and it was a huge box of coffee. Another reason I'm having a hard time asking, but uh, nah, man, it's been good. I needed it last night because I didn't get to watch the game live, and um, ended up watching the film of it till uh, something like midnight. Turned around to the show nice and early here with you. Uh, it's been a fascinating playoffs. I've loved these playoffs. Um, in in a way, it's rekindled my my love for the game. I'm not I'm not even kidding it's, when I say that. It's been one of the better ones in recent memory, as far as I you know, in my opinion. I, I think there's been a lot of really good games and uh, a lot of quality basketball, a lot of quality uh, performances. Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed this playoff a lot. And, you know, it's not getting its love, I don't think, because there haven't been that many game-winning shots, you know? I, I think if there was maybe, like, two more game winners, um, then I think people would be just shouting from the tops of rooftops about these playoffs. But it's been just, like, good basketball. Uh, yeah. Good series, taking, you know, a, a few deep ones and – uh you know, we'll actually do some post-mortem work here uh, with the Houston and Philly folk. Um, but it's been a fun, you know, it's cool. I like this time of year, man, because you, you get some weird draft stuff. You get, uh, you, you know, I start learning about college players I've never heard of. Apparently, there's a guy named Taco 
Fall. Oh, with, oh yeah. I love great Taco's names. Man. Taco, T-A-C-K-O, Taco Fall is, uh, you know, he's a buzzy name. Nobody's, I have never heard of him. I don't know any of these guys. I rely on cause and this thing called the internet to figure out who the hell is coming into the league. Um, but Taco, we, Taco's a monster, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, you Taco's know. Taco's like, like seven six, like just a gigantic human being. Yeah, I forget who somebody was like. Yeah, he's going to avoid three second counts just by having one foot on each side of the lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very raw, though. You know, when you watch him, he's 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 new to the sport, but he's got um enough coordination to where he's not going to be like he, he's going to get playing time. You know, he's he's going to you can see he's going to continue to improve. Um, but he is a really large man. <laughs> I I mean, I just keep seeing Bobin in my head, and uh, that would actually work not out. As not as skilled, but he's probably he's way more athletic and longer than Bobon. So you know, and with uh, this this uh, draft that's coming up, you know, we've got Zion Williamson. He's uh, obviously the top of the board, and that was the big talk this this week of um, you know lottery stuffs, New Orleans wins, and. It was that's actually this is the one down thing or downside to uh this this week is there's a 24 hour period where we have to listen to the rigged dis- discussion every yeah. year every, it doesn't matter what happens it's just going to be like uh, there could be no talk of anything being rigged and people are going right. to go on Twitter and complain that there are people talking about it being rigged even though there's nobody talking about it being rigged (laughs) now i'm forced to bring it up that people are talking about it being rigged it's obviously not rigged um but new orleans getting the first pick in zion um presumably they take him which would be crazy if they didn't um I don't know. All right, I, I was going to I was going to ask I was going to ask you, should I put a question mark at the end of that? Yeah, you know, I'm a big Jaw fan. Um if I was New Orleans, I would you know, not I think that Zion will be good because David Griffin's there. And I think he's a good GM, but um Jaw is definitely if there was if you ask me who's a player that is going to be good despite the circumstance they go into, I would say it's Ja. Like I think he's the most complete pro ready and upside guy combo. Um, I think he he would be able to um, be fine with bad coaching and bad organization. I think he'll still be able to shine. And the great Jerry West supposedly has told people close that if he had the pick, he would go with Ja. So wow. that's a see that's you, a, you, you get some thing. knowledge here on the Cause and Bruce Show. Cause, thank you. Because now, yeah, you know, yeah. my wheels are already yeah. spinning. And I'm sure David Griffin's wheels would be spinning if, you know, all that's what it is. And it is. Um, if, you, if you definitely, if you think, if you believe that in your David Griffin, now the key is what do you get for that number one? Yeah, that's what I was just that's, wondering. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the key. Because if you, if you truly believe that and you... Uh, you, you, people have got to be offering, you know, whether they think you're going to take it or not. And if you, you do your work and you think that Jaws better, I mean, you, you can get such a haul probably for <laughs> for that pick, you know. And your guy is going to be sitting right there. 
Um, it seems you know, like but, in other sports, there's more of that. In, in basketball, yes. for whatever reason, I know we did just see this with like Trey Young last year. Um, but the idea of trading back and and just splitting your asset up like that, yeah. ooh, that is that is really appealing. And you know, I don't know if, how much stock you want to put into this, but like apparently Williamson wasn't that thrilled to come to New Orleans. You know, this wasn't his uh, you know his cup of tea. I don't know if that holds any water. Um, so, yeah. It's, that just sounds that that just to me sounds like New York uh, media who thinks that you know everything in the world rises and falls with New York and just said that because they like they they look they they said he was making these faces and I I don't know he just looked like an eighteen year old kid that had a camera in his face and didn't know really how to respond you know what I mean like he kind of looked like he was trying to be happy but trying to play it cool like it was it was they're just I think they're just reading into stuff I mean you know. <laughs> yeah, there was why, like why would anyone want to go to the, the, the Knicks? <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> why? Yeah, why would I, anyone want to go to the Knicks? The the, the best was uh, Brian Windhorse on uh, ESPN the other day, and uh, he was on with Richard Jefferson. And uh, players just sometimes don't have that like filter that you know other media will have when the guy next to you just makes just a terrible take, like yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> just like and and it's because they're carrying water usually so right. like when horses he might go back to duke yeah <laughs> richard jefferson gave him the look of like you puny little man <laughs> like why do you feel the need to have to do that and i just right. <laughs> it was great nonsense too it's like yeah like Guy's about to sign out like a hundred million dollar shoe contract before he ever dribbles a basketball. But yeah, I'm gonna go back and get that Duke education so I can possibly re-enter the draft and go to the Knicks. Come on, people! <laughs> and I love when reporters like that because because he definitely gets indignant about the report oh, yeah. the process of reporting. And I've watched that guy carry water for so long. Oh, gosh. And and that's actually the tenor at the kind of the top rungs of NBA reporting. Um, you know, interacting in in those circles, you you see a lot of that. It's like, dude, you carry water. Like that's part of the job description. How do you think you get information? Like, you know, and then they'll turn around and get very, you know, high, high society about reporting. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, one, you report about basketball. It's not like you're, you know. <laughs> Woodward and Bernstein over here. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's it's always fun this time of year because we'll get a lot of draft rumors. And um, I don't know anything about this, this draft. I do know that it seems like there's a top three, um, you know, forming, at least in the consensus, that might not be accurate i don't know i don't do, do, do i don't do my draft research until after the playoff starts that's a rule um yeah yeah i watched a good amount of the tournament there's right at the you know your first your first impression uh, is that there is a definite three with um you know zion morant and the reddish but uh, but you know as you do more research i mean just just off the top of my head i did like uh, the kentucky couple of guys from Kentucky they're big men um, there's a kid from 
Virginia I like. There's a kid from Texas Tech. There's some, there's some good players. It'll, it'll uh, you know, as we get more into it, I think that gap between three and the rest is going to close a little bit. Uh, are, the, are the twins from Nevada going to the NBA? Does anybody know that? I don't know. I, I don't. I, I would assume so, since once his name left them, um, you know, um, since Musselman left, I would assume that uh, that they're going to go. Yeah, we'll, we'll, think- we'll see if if uh, their their game of just flinging up whatever makes it to the NBA. Um, there was also <laughs> big news in the coaching world, and. Uh, I'm not talking about the Cleveland coach I cannot name. <laughs> John Beeline, baby. Now, he's been in the game for a while. I've heard that name before. It's just he's been in the college ranks, right? Yes. So, he's the Michigan coach for the last seven years, uh, three Final Fours. Uh, if you were ever going to take a uh, college um, coach, I think this is actually a great one to take, and it's a great situation because there's no you know, star there. Um, it's it's a really I think it's a I think for I think it's a really good situation actually for a college coach to go into. Yeah, I mean, um, you can't have any expectations, right? It's Cleveland. It's um, yeah. I'm, I'm you, so- you know your best your best your best player is a guy that is probably very easy to coach and Colin Sexton. So um, you know, but he's a great. He will be as you know for. For some of the veterans on that team, he will definitely be the best, the best X and O coach that a lot of those guys have ever had. He's mm-hmm. really good. Wow. He's so uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's actually a good hire. Maybe the best hire of the. <laughs> and, so, and then we'll pivot <laughs> to the worst hire. Oh my god! Uh, so, resident Lakers fan. Cause what the hell happened there? God. Okay. Well, just for for the the listeners here, you got Jason Kidd is the uh, new coach of the. No, I'm kidding. Frank Vogel is the new coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, but with a side of Jason Kidd. Side of Jason Kidd. So yeah. So the Lakers interviewed. Uh, you know, Monty Williams. They interviewed Tyron Lue. They interviewed Jason Kidd and Monty Williams and Ty Ty Lue said no. They said Jason Kidd isn't good enough. Then they hire him. They interview a bunch of more guys. They hire one of those guys. But they say, you have to take Jason Kidd as your assistant. Now, that just seems like a recipe for longevity and success, doesn't it? I mean, it's a that's just like a joke. Like, it's, it's so funny that, like... And the best part about it for me is, is that Kurt Rambis is involved. Rambis... And his wife. And his wife. I mean, but of course his wife is involved. He has been involved in nothing but just shady situations. Like in Sacramento, when they were at the peak of their just total, total dysfunction, Vivek had just taken over the team and they had hired Pete D'Alessandro. Pete, first he goes to Alvin Gentry. And he's like, hey, I basically want you to come in and be the assistant. Wink, wink. I want to get rid of Malone. And Gentry's like, yeah. no, nah, I don't play that. Like, that's just way too shady. Like, no. <laughs> but Kurt Rambis, no problems <laughs> with that idea whatsoever. <laughs> and it's like, you know, in Minnesota, yeah. he had problems. In New York, he had problems. And here is this uh, most recent thing. Like he's that guy, you know, that friend of yours. You just don't want to let near 
you know, anything it, like. Doesn't it reek of like his only accomplishments has been have been as Phil's assistant, Jeannie Buss's longtime uh, former fiance. So like, I I gotta think that somewhere like he's pulling some strings or or, or having a hand in um in advice in some in some aspect of it. But it's just I mean the whole idea that his wife is heavily involved, and I'm not against you know women being a part of the NBA, I think I've been pretty clear on that show, on, the, on this show about that. But for crying out loud, hire someone with some, hire Doris Burke, you know? Like, if you're going to hire, hire Ramona Shelbourne, they're just as equally unqualified as Rambus, his wife, but actually no basketball, you know? Like, this is so beyond ridiculous, but hey, they're the Lakers, they know what they're doing, look at all those banners. Has Jeannie Buss's, like... I mean, really, the star has fallen here. She's, I mean, she used to be spoken of almost reverentially in league circles um, because of the contrast (laughs) with Jim Buss. But, but that, that's not, yeah, that's not really a thing anymore. And, uh, Rob Lowe is, is, you know, still around. And I, I couldn't believe that happened. Yeah. Talk, this would be the perfect opportunity to clean house for a guy that's way over his head. You know, has no idea. We're talking what he's about Rob Palinka, dead ringer for for Rob Lowe. I mean, just why I mean, not hire thinking, Rob Lowe at this point? I mean, he he yeah, would take he would take the work. I mean, like like you got to think like just it is for, just the the moves they made last year. Those guys that they surrounded LeBron with. You know, like if you want to like cater to LeBron, like. The one thing LeBron has shown is that he hates uh, play, post players, guys that uh, can't shoot. And so instead of re-signing Brooke Lopez, who's having just a horrible year with the Milwaukee Bucks, they bring in all these guys that can't do anything. You know, like, side, he's been a disaster. Side note, <laughs> did you see Brooke Lopez's mean mugging after a couple of those shots he made? Oh, dude, he's feeling himself right now. <laughs> And then one of the best interviews of the league. <laughs> he has a voice I could never like duplicate, but it is no one can. No one can. It's um, it's kind of like what you would think if somebody was like, "Hey, how does that guy talk?" <laughs> well, he talks exactly like that. Um, and it's and it's great. It's hilarious. He he has like a real passion for the game. Um, just uh, you know, total comic book nerd voice. <laughs> I don't even. I would try to imitate it, but I haven't had my coffee. I had like three sips, so uh, maybe yeah. later we'll get a Brook Lopez imitation. So uh, obviously the Lakers have made news, and um, it's, what's your it's, what, what, what's your time limit? How, how when is Jason Kidd the head coach? Deep breath over here. Um, like a year, like one year. You think? You think I don't get through the year though. I I, I mean. Vogel's like a pretty good coach. Like he's in that yeah. that creamy middle of of NBA coaches where there's the five good ones, there's the five bad ones, and he's in the middle, probably bottom of that you know twenty coach group that's kind of just sure. okay at, at yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is fine. I mean, hell, that you should be happy if you're the Lakers after everything that went down. Though, I mean, let's take a second here for Tyron Lue, like. He, I mean, this is this is Rob Lowe again. Basically, you know, I, I don't want to give this guy a fifth year, 
and yeah. <laughs> and then Lou's like, fine, I don't want yeah. anything to do with you guys. I mean, that's what it's come down yeah. to for these Lakers is Tyron Lou doesn't want to go join LeBron. And you know what? Maybe he's got some inside info there, um, yeah. but he doesn't want to join LeBron and the Lakers for, you know, over a fifth year. That's that's amazing yeah, yeah. to me. And, yeah. and, and and Monty Williams is is off coaching the Suns. I mean, you know, I mean, seriously, they, they like a, a coach who's been fired before that you know maybe kind of got a somewhat of a raw deal. Chose the Phoenix Suns, and 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 with everybody in the basketball universe saying, "Please, Monty, no, don't do this. <laughs> we like you." Yeah, you don't do. I mean, you don't go to Sarver. Don't go no. to Sarver. You think, yeah, I would have rather have just continued to be an assistant and waited for next year's crop of jobs, you know. But like, that's amazing. The Phoenix Sun to, to pick the Phoenix Suns over the Lakers is truly amazing. It's wild uh, times. That's, that's how they've fallen, though. It's it's fun. It's and, and you know what? As we kind of back into the playoffs here again, it's fun when. Um, I mean, last the second round was just amazing. I mean, we got a great game seven that yielded a, a Portland win, and um, it's it's. I mean, we look we look at the teams that are no longer in. You got Houston, Philly, uh, Boston. I mean, you know, I, I had to like make that stupid bet, you know, just at the end because you know it was like one more losing bet on Boston, please, and. Um, <laughs> And I even when I when I put it out on Twitter, I was like, take Boston, whatever dignity they have left, and they had none, which we all knew. None. Uh, none. Uh, <laughs> Houston, uh, James Harden, man. Let's let's quickly just put them into the into the dirt here. Houston, James. I thought James Harden had a terrible series. Like, yeah. I'm I, as far as oh, yeah. just IQ goes. Like, it, he his stubbornness, like. To me, I could see the teammates just looking at him like, "What the hell are you doing?" That that was the feel I got. Did you get the same vibe? Uh, Yeah, I mean, he just, um, you know, he shrinks, and I don't know how you get get out of that. I don't know if he can. I think part of the reason why he can't is because he's not winning is not his number one priority. It's just not, you know. <laughs> well, elaborate upon it, that because somebody's going to be like, oh, that's a hot take, man. Uh, Let's if, have a if, hot take cause. I mean, like, what? If winning, was, if winning was your number one priority, you'd move your feet once in a while on defense. You'd run back. You would get on the floor. You would, when you pass the ball, you would cut and try to help your team. I mean, like, he just doesn't do anything. He doesn't he, do anything. He's barely crossing ball. half court. But, when he's passing the ball ahead, it's like he's like, I know I got to give my teammates the ball at least ten times tonight, so yeah. I'm going to throw it ahead here. Absolutely. And now I'm not even going to cross half absolute. court. Yeah, it, you know it's 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 really uh, it's it's just it's just what it is. So I don't know that when you're in a constant mind frame of not caring and not really concerned, being concerned about winning, I don't know that you could ever ratchet it up. You know, like like LeBron has shrunk in several playoff series, but he was at least doing other things that were, you know, showed that he was dedicated to winning. And then he was able finally to get over his hump of not wanting to have responsibility fall on his shoulders in clutch situations. 
But James Harden doesn't exercise any of those things. So I don't know where he's ever going to get rid of that. He, he so, just I reminds mean, me of the guy that you would play with. Everybody's played with this guy that, like, they got to, like, reset the offense. And then they got to kind of put everything into whatever they like. And yeah. everybody's standing there waiting. And, and basically the Warriors just loaded up on him. You know, yeah. Nothing surprising. And yeah. they needed that pep in their step to be able to get some, you know, some spacing and some freedom out there. And so everybody but him seemed to be on that on that um, that level. But he just kept going back to pounding the ball. I mean, they would start at eight seconds, like so often. Yeah. And then I he'd mean, fling up it? a bad shot, and you're like, "What? What? What, did, what were you thinking was going to happen?" <laughs> but. What you mean, like a, a defense that has Clay Thompson, Iguodala, and Jaymon Green? You think eight seconds, eight seconds isn't a great amount of time to to work for a good shot? What? Yeah, Wait, what? that's you, uh, <laughs> you throw that's in like Kevin Durant, Sean Livingston. I mean, it was just like just a terrible, terrible um, series uh, for James Harden. It was, and, and nobody wanted to criticize him. It was yeah. the. It was really weird. I think people were off balance because they were arguing for him versus Giannis for MVP. Look at how that uh-huh. turned out. Um, <laughs> the uh, I love when the MVP vote illuminates how kind of dumb people are about stuff. Um, but the uh, yeah, the Rockets are done. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say about the Rockets, but uh, you know Philly. They can't even do anything because of that awful Chris Paul contract. So that's <laughs> be the same. And, and, try, and, that, try that same spot out here next year. <laughs> and Daryl Morey Dork Elvis is is his nickname. Just sort of skates through with some of this stuff. And and they could yeah. have made a move for Jimmy Butler. And yeah. you know, or even like I tweeted at him. He used to follow me. I don't know if he still does. I tweeted him. Hey, go pick up Rashawn Holmes. Pick up somebody that can sort of give you that final piece. And it's like people were talking about what if they had Draymond? Of course they'd be good if they had Draymond. But you, you go and you pay Chris Paul forty bazillion dollars and man, they they're like crippled now. They can't And what's his I mean don't uh, and you know uh I've never been a great big fan of him, but you know, I I think that um You're gonna talk Capella, about Capella? Right? Oh he's yeah. well I said I mean, this look, look, look at look at the way Kevon Looney's playing, <laughs> and then you contrast that with Clint Capella's play. Well, halfway through and- the year, I said Rashawn Holmes is better than Clint Capella, and we had like Capella. We had him really ranked high for fantasy, knowing he would produce. And then he went out and he produced during the regular season. And I remember, like in the third week, I was like, "Oh, this this might not go well." Like he looks out of shape. He looks slow. He's he's not inventive yeah. anymore with the basketball. I mean, there was like a lot of red flags early in the season, and then he just sort of produced because you kind of have to in that spot. They're screwed. I, I yeah. mean, you just yeah. put a fork in them. I would accelerate that, um, like the tanking process right away. <laughs> Do whatever you can. Get through it. Yeah. Um, Philly, uh, I thought Jimmy Butler had just a banner series. Um, oh, yeah. Like to really rehab his value around the league, I think yeah. uh, I was talking about it with some Kings fans. Like, I think to bring in a Jimmy Butler for that team would just be a crazy smart move. Um, and then save your money, go buy Rashawn Rish- Holmes uh, for center, and then and then call it a year. You know, Rashawn, 
<laughs> I know, I know. I like to lean into it whenever I can because you know I am invited to Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, better be. <laughs> and and I'm getting the cut of that contract. You know, yeah. I, all I did was negotiate thirty percent. I mean, but uh, yeah, no. Um, Jimmy Butler did well. Ben Simmons. Uh, I thought he had good defensive moments, and then he would just blow it. Um, Joel Embiid. Yeah. They just all need work, and that organization needs work. How do you? have it leak out that it might be his last game. I'm going to talk about Brett Brown, and then he's staying, apparently. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I know not all leaks are created equally and uh, and all that, but th- it's felt like he's been on the chopping block there. Yeah, I, I think that. I don't think that he's necessarily the problem. I think that they've, um, you know, some guys, you can't, some guys don't get, shouldn't get the freedom as far as, uh, I don't know. They want to make certain guys that I think there's a character issue there. Not that they're bad guys, but you know, they're a little too cool. Uh, speaking of, um, speaking Simmons of, and there. Yeah. I was gonna say, speaking of James Harden, cause I really think that's at the core of it for a lot of these guys is the yeah, two, the too cool thing. The too cool. And, the, and it's, you know, they like all the, like, you know, like, you know, him and, Bar- you know, he was talking, he threw something back at Barkley and Barkley was like, yeah, well, no one ever gives me a call when they, uh, when I tell them how good they are and how, when I talk about how uh, great a, great a player uh, they are, no one says, oh, thanks for the kind words. But the minute I, minute I criticize them, they're all over saying, I don't know what I'm talking about or anything, you know, and it's, you know, and it's true. These guys like, it seems like too many guys have already been crowned. Like Mark Jackson was saying that uh, Embiid's one of the, if he's if he's healthy, he's one of the greatest of all time. You know, and it, it, one of the, he's going to be one of the greatest big men of all time. And it's like certain guys. Well, that's somebody wants to coach <laughs> coach Philly right there. Yeah, right. But certain <laughs> guys hear that and they don't listen to it whatsoever, and they just get in the gym and just continue to go crazy. Other guys hear or read that and they they actually believe that they've accomplished something because someone says that they're going to accomplish something and i think uh that's a, a lot about what goes on with him being in Sydney. you know we'll, but, we'll, we'll tra- we'll transition into the the series that are happening right now and there are guys in like the warriors and in, in the portland series <clears throat> pardon me is they have their mental game locked in and part of that in my opinion is that they don't need the external, you know, gratification or the um, validation that these other players appear to need. And that mental game, I mean, you know, Clay Thompson's getting a lot of pub right now. Um, he had mentioned meditation as one of the things that's really pushing him through and pushing him forward. And he has that really cool ad that um, it, it's like a Kaiser ad. Is it cool? Is is that cool? I don't know. Is it, well, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. Is it hip? <laughs> Are the kids talking about it? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I know, yes. Yes, I know. It's with uh, Omar. Who's that? I don't, uh, what, what, is, is he a, an actor that I should know? Oh, my goodness. Get, you need to watch The Wire. I'm sick of I'm sick of talking it's, to you about The Wire. It's been like 13 no- years since I've no. said, hey, you know what? I should watch this. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, he's a very good actor. But, uh, yeah, you know, well, that's, it's funny because that's the thing about when you win, you don't, you don't have to search these things out. They'll, they'll come knocking at your door with the boatloads of money and all the pub, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, just him and Steph, like, and, and 
Steph is his own little story right now because you got the parents and they're watching the game and the camera's on them 24-7. So you really get in like a, f- a front row seat for like the whole Steph Curry or the, the Curry experience. And <laughs> these two are just, especially with Kevin Durant out, which has been just like a weird footnote, you know, <laughs> nobody noticed that KD was out. You know, it's like, to Marcus Cousins, I don't even know if he's sitting on the sidelines during games. Like th- these he two, he, he these two are just kind of like gone, and and it's back to the old Splash Brothers days, and they look great. And yeah, you know these are two like you think about like people will always talk about KD's the best player in the league, LeBron's the best player in the league, James Harden's the best player player in the league. These two just quietly win, and. Yeah. <laughs> and they, it's so easy to build a team around those two guys. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah. it's yeah. it's really. And then you look over at Damian Lillard. I know he hasn't been quite as good as he was in the last few series, but um, I mean, you listen to Damian Lillard talk, and and that Portland team's playing for him. You know, right? It, it's leadership, yeah. man. It's and it's just it's, so obvious, and it's so there's just not enough of it in the league. Yeah, it, it, I mean, look at even like the the jump that um, McCollum's made this playoff series. You know, oh, yeah. like and this, in my opinion, this series is not over. Like, don't I mean, don't I don't think that people that are going nuts. I know they probably yeah. Last night was a great uh, win that they probably should have gotten, but the series is not over. But there's definitely and it, it kind of speaks. If you look at Portland as a whole. Okay, they got. That guy is their number one in Lillard, who's got it, the, the mental game locked down. You've got McCollum, a guy that's like maturing in front of our eyes and is in the gym and constantly improving on his game. But another thing they did, people have been calling for Terry Stott's head for the last like five years. And, and you know what? Portland's just been like, oh, you know, he's our guy. You know, he's, 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 he's a pretty good coach. The players like him. The players respect for him. We're going to keep him around. You know, this this constant, you know, like you can't become a great coach. You're not a great coach until you become until you until you do it. You know, you could have said all this stuff that people say about Terry Stotts. You could say about you could have said about uh, Carlisle, you know, all the stuff that you can say about you did you say about Terry Stotts. You could have said about uh, Spolstra until they got the, the horses <laughs> together or those guys got mature. That's when all of a sudden they became uh, great coaches. So I'm, I'm going to tip my hat to uh, Portland for not just going through in the time Terry Stotts has been there, not being like other organizations that would have had like five different coaches. Well, and I mean, so let's get into some, some X's and O's here. Um, you know, everybody and their mother was talking about the amount of space they were giving the three point shooters and playing the drop coverage and the pick and roll. Um, and you kind of heard some pushback after the game leading into game two as well. Um, Terry Stotts, I don't think he wanted his guys playing that deep. Like, that no, that, no. that goes without saying. But no. th- I don't think he wanted to create four-on-threes for Draymond Green. And we saw four-on-threes, you know, um, kill them at the end of game two. And, um, yeah. but he he's not, to me, he he's doing kind of the same stuff a lot of NBA coaches. He's not really quick on the draw um, at the, the kind of level yeah, you would still- want him to be. He's still in that in that you know medium, you know he's still in that mid range of the you, know, you just said the best five, rather than the worst five. He's in the middle. He's he's not gonna uh, drive you. Uh, he's not gonna wow you with X's and O's. Mm-hmm. I thought that in game one though, everyone was just talking about about how deep 
the centers were. But I thought what would also kill them was that they weren't even in contact with the shooters, like the guys that were their initial cover. Like once there was there was two plays where Rodney Hood was covering uh, Clay Thompson, and if he stretched out his arm, he couldn't even touch Clay Thompson. Like you you cannot. So Clay Thompson was literally just like going through a drill, you know. Like he ran through two screens out to the three point line. No one ever touched him, and he shot it. So I think that it was a a little bit of, you know, a little bit slow on uh, Terry's thoughts, but also I, they were they just weren't paying attention to details in that game. And they no, turned the ball twenty one times. I mean, like, you it, know, it was really kind of hard to watch. Um, you know, yeah. I've I've watched both those games on a rewatch, not live, and and I kind of like that actually because you you get the benefit of knowing the result. You might read a few things before you watch it, and so you kind of go into it a little bit more help. Um, you know, to to break down the film, and it was um, it was just like, whoa, man, you guys are in the Western Conference Finals, and this is what you're bringing to the table. Um, yeah, a lot of missed rotations, a lot of just kind of day one stuff that you didn't expect to see a team, you know, coming off of a seven game series. You know, usually they're in the flow. Uh, if anything, they're tired, and maybe that could be it. It's the mental fatigue that's uh, crept in. Um, I'm not encouraged. I don't. I, I, I'm personally taking Golden State plus two point five heading into uh, Game Three. Uh, oh, I, 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 yeah. I just. I mean, there. You look at the the two different squads. You got you know Andre Iguodala playing huge minutes. Draymond Green. I'm sorry, but Draymond Green just pulled the biggest okie doke on everybody with this weight loss <laughs> thing. I mean. Athletically speaking, I am looking at him kind of like I looked at him in his first two seasons with the Warriors was, wow, this guy can really fly. You know, he's he's kind of able to do everything. Um, when when you look at the balance of you got Steph, Clay, Dre, and uh, Iguodala, and those four getting heavy minutes, and I look across and I go, well, you got to play Myers Leonard you got to play, you know, Cantor's not really fit for this series. And then you go, uh, Zach Collins, who got a really bad whistle in game two. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'd say three of the fouls were deserved. Um, he couldn't stay on the floor. Evan Turner is getting minutes. Um, it gets it gets doggy dog pretty quickly for Portland. And I just wonder, like, these guys are battle-tested for, for Golden State. You know, they know exactly what they want to try to do. Their their offense with with Stephen Clay just it, it it's old school. Um, it just looks great. So I kind of wonder like I know Portland's crowd's going to be in it. I know Portland's going to be Jack. This is going to be probably the best they play. But I just wonder if Golden State's got another uh, gear that that we haven't even seen yet. Uh, I don't know that they have another gear, but that might be fine. I I, I would I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Portland for Game Three. Um, I could actually see uh, the Warriors getting Game Four, but then not being able to close it out in, uh, in uh, Game Five and sending it back to Portland, um, and then doing it there. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to say it's I'm going to go six with this series. I think that the uh, there even in that Game One, despite how awful they played, they were still down six in the uh, you know in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that. 
they, there's a few tweets. I, I don't know that Cantor. Um, I think he'll play a little bit better in um, Portland, but he he's not made for this series. I think that you're going to have to. It's going to be um, Myers Leonard. Um, Man, Myers he's playing Leonard some and, dirty ball out there. Who? <laughs> Myers Leonard. Dirty as far as like, like just outright style. dirty. Like he, he um never got any pub. I watched him on a box out of Andre Iguodala. Like it was almost like a football player going for somebody's knees. He hey. he swung around and he got low and it was one of those things where it was like Iguodala was like not expecting anybody to box him out because who the hell would box somebody out from the angle? that Myers Leonard yeah. took and the speed that he sort of just like as a kind of like, I'm a linebacker. I'm going to go over here <clears throat> and hit you because it's within the rules. And yeah. uh, it, I mean, it's within the rules. So it's, you know, kind of not a foul, but right. I, I remember, and then he would all sort of shook it off. And I thought, man, you know, that's going to result in getting punched. <laughs> um Somebody's got to do something for them. (laughs) Well, and I think that's why he's in the game. He hit a couple big shots, but then in the final moments, I mean, Zach Collins to me, if I could get, you know, some sort of carrier pigeon to drop this note on me that Zach Collins is going to play the majority of minutes, I think it's way more interesting for the Blazers side. Um, I mean, I don't trust him at all, but he has, I think he fits this series. Yeah, I, I think, and I and I hope Terry Stotts will will go there, because um, they are athletic enough to be out there. I think really this it's about, and I think this is just the next step for the Blazers. It's been about the little details, and that's just like gets lost in all the analytics and stuff. I mean, it's just like at the end of last night, you had uh, that last screen and roll with um, Steph and Dre, and that's a tough you know, they, cover. Yeah, but they, you know, and they had the one side emptied out on Draymond, Draymond's side where he, when he rolled. But it was like, you know, they could have, and I know they had Thompson over there, but they also had Iguodala and Looney on the other side. So I would have, you know, you'd think an immediate blitz, you know, to Steph. Sure. You'd naturally rotate over to, 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 to Thompson. And then you live with either a very long pass from Steph to Iguodala in the corner or Looney. And you live with the, and you get, you get out there and you live with the results, but everybody was hugged up on their man. Like it was like they had, you know, Steve Nash and Reggie Miller out there. And it was just those little things, you know, those are the little, little things that, you know, if you freeze up and you're not, and you're not super clear about the steps you're going to take, in a given situation, you get that's what happens to you. You end up with a, a lap, you know, in the most crucial possession of the game. So, but you know, but he, so I, I think we're we're both think that this is a, a Warriors uh, victory, regardless of uh, whether Durant ever comes back. But it's certainly, um, I, I think that it's a good, it's still another good step in Portland's, uh, you know, process here. The most recent news on Durant is. Um... It seems you know, Mark Stein came out and tweeted that because he just got something wrong the other day. And everybody loves Mark Stein. He's as good a guy as there is. I think he's entitled to miss something on a report. Um, and it happens to everybody. Um, so he came out and he said, like, you could tell he was hurting a little bit from the last one. But he's like, prediction. 
Kevin Durant will play in the finals. Like he's heard something, but he doesn't want to go out there again and get burnt twice in a row. Um, so to me, that sounds like it could be pretty good intel. Um, yeah, I've, I have no idea about anything. All I know is I've pulled my calf, and I'd be like, if you, to me, if you think that you're going to be getting, even if he comes back, you're not. He's not going to be the same. It is an, it is an extremely difficult muscle to trust after you pull it. So it's it's going to be very interesting because I it's a it's going to be a combo of like he's going to be more comfortable playing his ISO, you know, post up at the free throw line thing, but at the same time, like, you know, they've been playing so well, but he's not going to be as effective, and he's going to be terrible on defense. You know, he's it, going to be awful on defense when he comes back. Yeah, that it's uh, it, it, it kind of defense. it kind of reeks of like. I, I want to be a part of this, so I'm yes. going to push and try to get back into it because he's got to be feeling just how good the Warriors look without him. <laughs> and and the Warriors, and kind of back to Steph and Clay and, and how they make this go, like they have enough emotional bandwidth and being able to manage situations <clears throat> to where they completely make KD feel at home in this situation. Right. Right. So... He is just sitting out there, twisting in the wind, so to speak, just getting the getting the kind of the the reality of the situation put right into his face, and that's got to kill him. And he's probably looking to the future, you know, as well. And and there's a turning of the page that's happened right in front of him. And so, (laughs) what do you do if you're him? He's probably fighting back against a little bit. I bet the Warriors are like, you know what, man. And, and and I know I know everybody's going to say this, and I and I agree with it. The Warriors are a better team with Kevin Durant. It's just you know they of are, course they are. especially but, when you consider they've yeah. <laughs> they've they got to fill his minutes with bench guys that right. probably shouldn't be on the floor. But right. um, <clears throat> it get, sure is tempting to just roll with what you know. The thing is, like you know. I think part of, you know, I mean, all guys have an ego when you're at that level, but obviously with, you know, with the burner accounts and all this stuff, we know that Kevin Durant has a special ego and he's a little, (laughs) he's a little sensitive. And so you gotta, you gotta think that part of this whole thing that he was expecting in the off season was the Warriors coming begging for him. And it's, it's not, it's going to be a lot shorter meeting. (laughs) Than, than than it was previous, you know, after the way Stephen and uh, uh, Clay have been playing. Like, I think they they want to, they'll extend the invitation, but it's not going to be rolling out. We're not, they, ain't, they ain't traveling to the Hamptons this time. You know, like, it's going to be, you know what's going on. We're going to fax over the uh, the contract. <laughs> if you, you want to be, be a part of it, have, have at it. If you don't, that's a lot of money that we get. People forget it. It's still a, it's a, still a great place to play. They can get two really good role players <laughs> with with this money that they're not going to uh, give to Durant. You know? They're, 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 they're not going to drop off the way people are acting like they are if, if KD leads. So, it, interesting. It, it is, yeah. It's, it's really just fascinating um, watching the, the locker room stuff um, kind of take place. And... On the other side in the east, sort of go full circle here. I love the series already. I love Toronto. Yeah. I love Milwaukee. I love watching it. And um, man, Giannis is just something else. I know that's a real hot take here, but um, 
I thought the Raptors <laughs> did uh, a good job showing him bodies uh, in in transition, but yes. they and, and it's funny because they needed last series to get out and move to uh, you know get out in the the open court and to loosen things up for their offense, but and they were pushing the tempo in game one. I almost think they got to stop doing that. Um, just anything to try to coax him into a slow game, Giannis. That is, he because man, you give him a head of steam. It is, I, I don't even know what you do with that. Like, uh, what do you do? I didn't think. I didn't think that. Uh, I didn't think that Nurse had his best game, which was too bad because Kyle Lowry had his best. I mean, Oof. didn't we just say the show before that he was the worst All Star playoff performance we ever seen? He put he. He that dude brought it. He was playing free and aggressive, and that was like as good a Kyle Lowry as you're ever gonna see. And I thought that Nick Nurse was a little bit too caught up in the refs, a little too caught up in the like. He he wasn't thinking ahead. I thought that he he could have got you know Powell more minutes in the second half. I, I thought would have really helped Kawhi out. Um, I just thought there was a couple of little things that he just kind of dropped the ball on um, that could. And I thought there was some some timeouts he could have called. I just it wasn't his best show. It was it was he was he was like I think he was a little surprised how well they played. But honestly, he um, he's been racking those up a little bit. Um, you know, taking his lumps as a first time coach should. Yeah, in the yeah, playoffs, yeah. he's definitely looked that yeah. that way and. Uh, I, I'm. I keep my eyes just keep gravitating to Marcus Gasol in this series. Um, he kind of just goes back and forth between like. I mean, there's the start for his game was crazy bad. Like he looked washed, like yeah. a guy that shouldn't be on the floor. And we're talking about Marcus Gasol here, who's sort of like the the basket bloggers dream player. You know, just oh Marcus Gasol, oh Marcus Gasol, Marcus Gasol, Marcus Gasol, and. He's had a drop off for a couple of years now. Um, he's got to be able to stick to Brooke Lopez. I mean, you're kind of yeah. that's like you're custom built for that. Yeah. Um, and then he's not getting, you know, Lopez isn't getting all of his stuff against Gasol. But, um, no. but man, wouldn't you love to just spot him? You know, hey, man, just, just don't let Brooke shoot threes. That's it. And that's, that's where I thought. Another that was another Nick Nurse thing. I thought that you know there was it was especially as aggressive. I thought and and he seemed to have a lot of pop. Um, Serge Ibaka. I, I thought that that was should have been a much clearer move. You know to get to him, to get to, to put Ibaka on Lopez, especially once he started to warm up. Um, and Gasol was sitting there, you know, foot in the paint, watching <laughs> shoot from up there. So. Um, I thought that Ibaka would have been a much better fit for that, but um, you know, it's it's game one. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, what's your? You got I was prediction? shocked that Ibaka played just seventeen minutes. Like I, yeah. I mean, I he had a good first half. That, that was that's what I he, had he had really some good. bad moments in the second half, which sort of made it. I think might have tied that up, you know, in a nice way for Nurse. But uh, yeah, you you gotta. I mean, you, first of all, with Giannis on the floor, you need anybody who can be athletic i mean yeah. you just got to show him bodies and um yeah. i thought gasol had some nice defensive moments um but and and he was even aggressive with sure. offense um 
but but th- he's still not aggressive enough right. and um that's that's sort of just like really dumbfounding when you can have a player that's so integral in what you're doing out there offensively and the minute he lets up and doesn't press his advantage the whole play falls apart and so it just sort of happened a lot it didn't happen as much in game one um a lot of minutes for the starters uh no starter played less than 35 minutes that was danny green and everybody else was 40 to 42 minutes in an eight-man rotation powell like you mentioned just 10 minutes he had a really rough play um you know, it's hard to pick out one play against a guy that just plays 10 minutes. But when he missed a reverse layup and then Lopez hit a three early in the fourth quarter, I thought, oh, man, that's that's just brutal. Um, Siakam had just come down and, and drained a, a really long three at the end of the quarter. So uh, Toronto had all the momentum, but Kawhi looked just exhausted out there. It was uh, yeah. that's not a good sign. Well, it's not. But, I, I'm, you know. I, again, I thought that, you know, when you, again, I, Nick Nurse, I think, has to um, kind of get a better read on what's going on, maybe take a little bit control of the play calling, um, which, you know, coaches don't do so nowadays. But, like, you, you had stuff going with, I would have I liked to see Kawhi not be bringing the ball up as much and be, you know, you know, have have the ball in Lowry's hands and, maybe do some, uh, you know, screen and roll with him with some pin downs on the other side with Kawhi. Um, something to save him a little bit and maybe get him, get him in a little bit better advantage. But, um, you know, the NBA coaches have kind of relinquished all um, everything to the players. And, you know, I mean, you could clearly see that there was something wrong with them, whether he was tired or whatever. But, you well, know, they, they ran just, plays with him standing in the corner from about – I want to say like the nine minute mark or right around the, the nine minute mark of the fourth quarter. Like he was definitely not involved. And right. at a time when he was the only guy who could really get them into anything other than Lowry, who is not, you know, um, I think it was what Lowry against Giannis at one point in an isolation. And you're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not going to work. So I'm wondering, like, how uh, – I mean, who – what play callers – because I saw the same thing last night, you know, in the uh, Blazers series when the Warriors were, you know, really trapping that screen, like, re- trapping the screen and roll really hard. And then so, – and my fr- and finally someone, I think Jackson said it, I was like, after, like, the fourth turnover or something, I was like, why do they keep setting a screen? You know, like, 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 and I'm wondering, is it like that, that coaches never throughout the season, never, ever make these adjustments. And so they just can't do it in the playoffs or what? Like that was, the, that was my only, like, especially when it was like, when you had Steph Curry on either Lillard or McCollum, uh, like they don't need a screen to get past Steph this Curry. Is actually, this is rose the ranks of my, we'll call it the WTF to keep it clean here. My WTF yeah. rankings of crap we see all year long. Like yeah. I, for the Kings, it would be Costa Kufos. Like they reset or something happens, and he's just like first thing he thinks of is like I gotta go set a screen. And it's like the defense like, is like, thank you for I, I, that. I, I, I couldn't, and especially like there was in that third quarter, they had turned the ball over a bunch of times. The Warriors cut the lead big time. They call a timeout, and then they come out, and there was no, there was nothing different. The first thing they, the first offensive possession, they come out and set another screen. I'm like, what is going on? 
it's like it's like it's, what are you, that's what are you, was it Seth Rogen and uh, <laughs> knocked up when he's doing the dice move on the dance floor? That's the only move they got, man. Like, it's the only move they got. Because, totally. <laughs> but but I think it does come back to but what I, you're saying about the regular season. Like, and and it's like coaches like don't want to like steal the flow away from their players. Like, oh, I'm teaching you guys how to play in the flow. And in practice, like Costa Cufas go run over and screen for the guy, like. You got to just stop practice at that point and be like, why are you doing that? Nobody cares, Coast Kufus, if you're going to screen for anybody because you're not going to roll. You're not going to pop. And if they throw the ball back to you, we just won. Like, it's amazing to me. You know, it's really funny because I I often think like I'm just kind of thinking of sets that we ran when I was, you know, when I was coaching in high school. And there's so many possessions in an NBA game. I'm, I think it's funny that they just don't try stuff just to see what the defense is rotating, like just to kind of get their mindset, you know, just having everybody flat on the baseline and then somebody going one-on-one just to see what they're going to do, just to see like how Draymond is going to approach something like that, you know, but everyone, come, but something will not be working and they'll come down and run the same damn set. <laughs> they'll, that they just ran five times in a row and it's like, or they'll just bring it to the other side. And that might work, you know, with, with certain like teams, but like, you know, when you're talking about a team like the Warriors, we're, we're not just talking about good defenders. We're talking about some of the smarter defenders in the league. It's, it's just not going to happen for oh, you, you know? Speaking of, and, sm- and I, and I uh, speaking of smart, not to just completely step all over you there, which I did. Um, that last play by Andre Iguodala, I, I had to really slow it down because Dame was complaining about a foul, and ESPN wasn't showing replays for anything last night, which, you know, shame right. on them. Um, yeah. But so he, when when Dame went and put his right shoulder in for contact, as, as players do, both offense and defense, they get braced for this contact. What Andre did to take his arm and give it an underhook and grab uh, it. If you yeah. looked and why, why Dame lost the dribble with his left hand, it was yeah. this slight underhook that, that Iguodala did. And it sort of took the timing and the tempo away from, from uh, Lillard and caused him to lose his dribble a little bit. That blew everything up. Everything else was clean. The, the hack yeah. down was clean um, but it was that little tiny smart thing. So these, if you do come up against a team that's got smart defenders like the Warriors do, they're just gonna pick you apart with that stuff. But the, but then the, but you gotta be smarter. They got the ball with twelve seconds left, and he's he's dribbling the ball. You know, like yeah, why not get him know, on the run? Get him on the run. But then you had but then you had McCollum pop up with Steph Curry on him. The second you look and you see, I got I got Andre Iguodala, and the other guy got Steph. You gotta get the ball to McCollum. There's got to be a no. But narrative, no. man. Narrative. <laughs> yeah, he wants to. Yeah, you You know, I'm the best player. I got to shoot the ball. No. <laughs> this is one-on-one against against Andre Iguodala for one play is not a good idea. When he knows and, you have to shoot a three, that is not a good idea. And we talked you know? <laughs> about his leadership. And, and you're, that is, you know, that's sort of like this stuff is in the, in the this stuff is hard department. He probably feels like he's got to take that shot, and his teammates probably feel like they got to defer. And if they want to hit that next level of, you know, whatever ascension we want to call it, they recognize that and and they make the pass and yeah. and they make the play. Right. 
and and so they're just not quite there yet. Be interesting to see what a little continuity does for them. Uh, quickly on the Bucks, um, I didn't feel like they played their best ball in that game. Um, no. And, oh. and 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 I picked the Toronto Raptors, you know, and 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 you've been killing me with the Bucks. Now you got me worried about my uh, my Golden State <laughs> pick later tonight. Um, but I don't know if they're just going to be granted that next gear that they can play at. Um, but no. I I thought that they uh, they left some money on the table. Like uh, Miritich could have hit a few more shots. Yeah, um, I, I thought, was I was. Yeah, I was like, dude, like the, I thought the Raptors were playing with fire with leaving them that open. Oh, yeah, and 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 so the the game plan for the Raptors actually worked, um, basically daring everybody else to beat them and shoot. I thought Milton played really well, Lopez played really well, but like in general, like this game plan of um, you know sending so many bodies at Giannis, I, I thought they didn't make Toronto pay. Was my takeaway yeah. there? Yeah, I, I thought there was one, there was a couple, uh, what's-his-name had a couple of, uh, um, that I think could possibly carry over. Bledsoe went pretty hard to the um, rack a couple of times when he was really struggling. And I think if he's going to do that, Toronto could be in a lot of trouble. If he's going to, if he comes out in game two with the mindset of just putting his head down first when he gets it, and, and getting a couple of um, get a couple of bunnies in the like because that dude is thick man oh like, yeah he's not like he's he's short there's there's a between being short and being small he's just short he is not small like he has got a big he doesn't play wide, small and he doesn't play small and he's really athletic I mean, he used to be in the dunk contest I mean like so I, I think that if that carries over and he starts out the game by going to the rack I think that Toronto's gonna have a long. Day about, uh, There's a lot of athletes. But, um, Middleton looks really quick right now. I thought he did a good job on Kawhi, and I thought they made a mistake in Milwaukee putting Brogdon on Kawhi, like something they yeah. thought that they could do, but he can't do it. And um, no. George Hill, I think we're going to see come back to reality a little bit in this series against the athletes of Toronto. Um, but Bledsoe, when, when Bledsoe's activated like that, that was another reason I thought that they really, and it wasn't Bledsoe's kind of fault, um, but he didn't have, I mean, he had just nine points. Like, he, the way he looked out there, it looked like, okay, this guy could go for 15, 18, no prob, and really put you in a bind. If, you know, if Miritich and Bledsoe are hitting and Middleton and Lopez are playing well and Giannis is Giannis, then I think it's game over for uh, Toronto. Um, so that's like within the, the Bucks' grasp. It's a great series. I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously sticking with my Raptors pick. Um, th- they gave that game away, though. I thought that, that yeah. oh, you yeah. know, they, they, they really just gave that game away and, and, and might have given away the series. And when it's this tight, I don't think you can afford to lose games. Um, right. Any lasting thoughts before we cut out here? Uh no, I, I'm gonna take uh, Milwaukee and um, I'm gonna go Milwaukee and six. I I don't think that uh, yeah, I just think they're gonna give one of them back. Uh, one of these, uh, I think that Toronto's gonna lose one of these first two at home. Um, but uh, it's I think it, I don't know. I, I'm gonna say six. It could go. It wouldn't shock me if it goes seven, but I'm gonna say six. Since I'm sticking with Toronto, um, 
I don't have to say seven, um, no matter what. Uh, I do believe in Kawhi and his ability to go on the road and uh, win a game seven. Um, hopefully, for my bet's sake, they get some rest in there because I do think they need some rest in Toronto. Um, and, and it's funny, a team with so much depth now really is at an eight-man rotation and you're looking at that rotation and going, man, a couple of these guys can't really, <laughs> they can't really hack it. Um, so they got really shallow really quick here. Uh, just phenomenal stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it's been a great playoffs. I can't wait to you know, sit down and watch a game every night for the rest of the week. And uh, that'll do it for this yeah. week's Cos and Brew show. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more to talk about. And uh, you can follow us for all of it at hoop-ball.com and on facebook.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show where cause is probably, if I had to guess, a couple hundred days without a post. And, and you know, we're crying over here over that. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> we're big Twitterers, especially cause. You know, uh, twitter.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show. Another one's in the books, folks. Peace. Ah, yes, indeed.